seated. All right. Good to see all of you here in person and welcome online. We're so glad to be together today. This is just such an awesome time that we have in God's presence. Let's take a couple minutes um, to uh, open God's word together and let's get ready to hear from his word. How many of you excited that we're in our outdoor services? Amen. Good. I'm glad. Uh, if you have your Bible, would you open with me to 1 Kings chapter uh, 20, verse 26 through 28, we're going to be in today. But as we spend some time in this passage of Scripture, I really believe that the Lord has uh, spoken a specific word into my heart, and I'm excited. Uh, I was so glad to be away last week. I know that we missed being with you last week, Mandy and I, but we kind of didn't because we were away on vacation. So we were, we were happy to be there, and now that I'm back, my mom's here, if you're welcome. Uh, my mom's here in service with us. Glad to have you with us, Mom. So, so good uh, to be here. But we're glad to be back. How many of you enjoyed the message from last Sunday with Pastor Bobby? Man, that was awesome. And uh, I was glad that he was able to bring that word. It was just a word in season uh, to us right where we're at. And I'm staying in that same theme of being in the valley and experiencing God's victory. So as we're in God's word today, I want to just lead in a prayer. And if you're watching online or you're here in person, I want you just to say a quick prayer with me. Bow your heads, close your eyes. We're going to pray this prayer to ask God to speak to us through the power of his word. Lord, we come before you today. Come on right now, would you just pray this out with me? Dear Jesus, I ask you to speak to my heart as we open your word. My heart is open. Speak, Lord. Amen. Amen. So as we were all away on vacation, I think Mandy will remember it, we stopped at a place on the road to, uh, to get some lunch, and we had a little bit of barbecue. And when we picked that up, we were in a point, uh, in, we were in the Pocono Mountains. Our original plan was to go to Florida. Thank you, COVID-19. That didn't happen the way we wanted. Um, everything was uh, spiking at that time. So we made a, a, an adjustment to our plans. We went to the Poconos, out in the remote part of the uh, mountains of Pennsylvania, we were there, but one of the things about those mountain ranges is there's a lot of peaks and a lot of valleys. And as we were in one area in particular, we had no cell phone service. And so we get back in the car and it's time for us to, you know, navigate to where we're going and where we're staying. And I can't get a signal. Mandy can't get a signal. We had a few patches where we were just all on our own. We couldn't even pick up a cell phone signal to be able to get where we wanted to go. And in those moments, although they might be short, they can be anxiety-producing because it's in that moment that you're in a low place and you're not getting the signal that you don't know where to go or what to do. You know, I like to liken that to the valleys that we walk through in life. How many of you know what it feels like to be at a low place, a low point, and you feel a little bit challenged? You feel overwhelmed. You don't know where to go or what to do. You know, when we're in those situations, it's so important to know that God has a word for us. He's with us in every place we might find ourselves. He's with you today. And maybe this season, which was unexpected, unprecedented, unparalleled to anything we've ever experienced in our lives, I want you to know God has not changed. Amen? He's still the same. Yesterday, today, and forever, God remains the same. So as we get to this passage of Scripture in 1 Kings chapter 20, God spoke a word into my heart that was just so clear. I've never seen this truth before in this passage. I know it's a truth that's true in God's word, but it exposes a lie that I think so many of us end up believing. I want to give you some background as we jump in, so please just lean in. If you're taking notes, you could write some of this down and look at it further. As we begin in 1 Kings chapter 20, this is a time where uh, the 
Children of Israel were in a difficult situation. God's people were challenged. There was a king over Syria. His name was Ben-Hadad. And he was leading an attack against all of Israel. And he was going to take them over. And he wanted to do everything he could to rob and steal away. And I shared a little bit about this in worship with you. He recruited 32 other kings and all their forces to gather against Israel, God's people. And they were going to utterly destroy them. So he sent word to the king um, of Israel, King Ahab at the time. And he said, listen, I'm going to take you over. You have two options. Be destroyed or give me all your gold, all your silver, all your best of your children, best of your wives. Everything is ours. And so the king was so overwhelmed that he almost gave in to the demands. And then the king made even greater demands. And finally, he stepped back and he went to the elders and the leaders and said, I can't. We can't do this. What are they doing to us? What are we going to do? And then the word of God came to them and said, listen, although you may feel so outnumbered, so overwhelmed, I am with you, and you're going to have victory. God gave him victory, praise God. How many of you need to know that even when you feel surrounded, challenged, overwhelmed, overcome, that God can bring victory even in those moments? So that happened. But this victory was kind of short-sighted for them because although they had victory, the king of Benadad went back, he regrouped, and he had another plan. And this plan was a plan that was going to come back and overthrow Israel again. Here's what happened. Benadad's servants came to him, the king, and said, listen, we know why Israel defeated you. We know why. That God that they serve, he's a God of the hills. He's a God over those high places. And because he's a God over the hills, he's God of the hills He's the one who gave them victory. So they, they kind of got it right, that God was with them, and he's a God over those hills. But here's what they got in their minds. They said, but he's not God of the valleys. He's not God in the low places. So if you guys attack them in the valley, then you're surely going to win. So Benedict got this idea in his head that God is God of the high places, but he's not God in the valleys. His power is not available in the low places. Therefore, we can attack them and we can win. He convinced over 100,000 people that the God who was with them in the high places was no longer with them in the low places. And so they began to plan an attack. So this is where we pick up in 1 Kings chapter 20, verse 26. Here's what it says. The next spring, Benadad mustered the Arameans and went to Aphek to fight against Israel. In the springtime, a new battle was coming. There was an enemy approaching quickly. That was in the springtime for them. In the spring of 2020, we know what that feels like to just be totally ambushed by something we were not fully expecting. How many of you can say amen? It's like the world kind of turns upside down. That's what was happening for them. They were utterly outnumbered, overwhelmed. Look what it says in verse 27. When the Israelites were also mustered and given provisions, they marched out to meet them. And the Israelites camped opposite of them like two small flocks of goats while the Arameans covered the entire countryside. So you got at least over 100,000 of them and maybe as few as 7,000 Israelites to over 100, maybe 200,000 of the enemies that have come against them. And so they're planning to uh, just sit there and they're overwhelmed. The odds are against them. But God meets them in this moment. Here's what I want you to know. No matter where you find yourself, no matter what low point you might be in, God is always available and ready. He's always ready to bring us just what we need. And in this moment, here's what, here's what the enemy has believed. 
If we can catch them in the valley, they're vulnerable. If they're in the valley, their God will not fight for them. He's not God of the valleys. He's only God of the high places. And so this is what happens here. God sends his word through the prophet. The man of God comes. And look what it says in verse 28. This is this, path, this verse. I've never noticed it like this before. Here's what God says to the king. The man of God came to the king of Israel and said, This is what the Lord says. Because the Arameans think that the Lord is God of the hills and not a God of the valleys, I will deliver this vast army into your hands, and you will know that I am the Lord. You see this? Here's why I feel this message is in my heart today to share with you. Because I believe the enemy is still perpetuating this lie. That he's God of the hills, but he's not God of the valleys. That his power is available to you in the good times, but he's nowhere to be found in the valleys of life. And when you're in the low point, that his power is not available to you. And I want to tell you, if he can convince 100,000 people, I believe he can convince many others today, that when you're walking through the good times, when you're in church today, you could feel the sweet breeze of his presence. We can worship. You could be excited. But when you're in the valley on Wednesday of this week and you're in the lowest point, the enemy wants you to believe that God is not there, that he's a God of the hills but not God of the valleys. And he says, because they believe this, they will be defeated. I want you to know, if you want a sure way to be defeated in this life, believe that God is not with you when you go through hard times. That's all the enemy would want you to believe. Nothing more. And I want to tell you that there's too often that we can walk around believing that God is only with us when it feels good. And then when we go through the valleys, he's not God there. Can I tell you today, he's with us in the high places and the low places. He's with you in the storm and the affliction. He's with you when you feel all alone and abandoned. He is the same God that's with us. And so what God promises to those who will believe this reality of him, he's looking for a people to believe that he's the same there as he is there. In the heights and in the depths, God does not change. And he says, look, if you'll believe me, then I'm going to be with you and I'm going to give you a great victory. I want to tell you something today. God says the same to you. If you will, by faith, trust him today, that he is with you, that he is for you, and that whatever valley you might find yourself in, God's victory is available. Today can be a day of victory for you. Amen? That's the whole idea behind this passage of Scripture. Look what God's word declares in Psalm 23, verse 4. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, through the darkest valley, I fear what? No evil. Why? You are with me. Come on, say it all together. Say it, type it in the chat. Why? You are with me. Where? In the darkest valley. Your rod, your staff, they comfort me. The rod and the staff in the hand of a shepherd are very powerful instruments. Maybe if we put a rod or a staff in your hand, you wouldn't know what to do with it. You would just be playing dress up. But in the hand of a shepherd, powerful, powerful instruments. One of them is a source of protection. It's a weapon against anything that would come against those that belong to that shepherd. Those who have been entrusted to the shepherd, those who are under his care, those who follow his voice, they are protected by the shepherd and what he has available. So he has a weapon available to get away any enemy that would come to try to come in and destroy them. And then also, he would have an instrument in his hand that if any, any sheep would fall into a pit, into a... Into a um, into a ditch in the side of the road, wherever they'd find themselves, he would have the ability to pick them up and pull them to safety. He'd have a way of leading them and guiding them. 
You see, in the hands of the shepherd, in the hands of the Lord, I want you to know he can lead us through anything, even through the valley, the darkest, deepest valley we might walk through. We don't have to fear anything because he's with us. Amen? He's for us. He's not against us. And so I want to give you three things from this passage of Scripture that I believe are really vitally important. Three things that will help you through the valley. In fact, they're not just going to help you to get through the valley. They're going to help you to uh, find victory in the valley. I believe this, that the valleys that we walk through can become places of victory. They can become places where God is actually preparing victory for the future. Right now, we're in the, in the middle of a bit of a, a, a dip, you know, in, in, a, in a valley, in a holding pattern, it feels like. And it can feel like nothing's happening. Some of you are waiting, when am I going to eat indoors in a building again? What's going to go on in September when my kids want to go back to school? What's my job going to be like? How many of you feel like you're, you have a list of questions that you're looking for answers? Anyone? You can be honest here. If you just, I don't know, I'm trying to figure it out. And in those times of uncertainty, lack of clarity, just like when we were in that one place in the middle of the mountains and you feel like you have no reception, you're just looking for answers, amen? It's a valley. But I want you to know, in this time, God isn't doing nothing. He's doing everything. He could be preparing victory in ways that you could never, ever imagine. You know, Pastor Bobby shared last week in, um, in his message at the end, don't believe the lies of the enemy that God is distant and doesn't care. He's closer. Don't believe this lie that was perpetuated in this passage of Scripture. He's God of the hills. He's not God of the valleys. He's the same. Amen? And he's present. And he's here. So here's the three things that I want us to walk away with today as we take hold of God's word. The first word is the word visitation. Say it with me. Visitation. Visitation is the power of God's presence invading, coming near, drawing near God's visitation. God is lim not limited by the valleys in your life. You need to know that. In fact, just as Psalm 23 declares, he's with us in the valley. He's with us at the low place. So for King, um, the king of Israel, as he was waiting and he's wondering what to do and all the armies are encamped around him, he doesn't know where to turn or what to do. What changes everything? When God meets with him through the prophet. God comes to bring his presence. God wants to know he's not far away. He's not distant. The lies that the enemy's speaking against them are not true. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. There's nothing like God's presence, an encounter with him to help you know the truth from the lie. And I want you to know it's so important for us to gather together. That's why it's so important to have these times of being together, hearing from God's word, worshiping together. Do you know why? Because we're able to meet in his presence. And I'm so thankful that we don't have to wait for Sunday mornings to meet in God's presence or Wednesday night. God wants to have an encounter with you today, tomorrow, tonight, when you wake up in the morning. He wants to speak to your heart. He wants to visit with you. He wants to spend time with you. That's what it's about. It's not just about religion. It's not just about church services. It's about having a personal relationship with him where you'll spend time together. The Lord says, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. So as we spend that time with him, the Lord will meet with us. That's visitation. You're with me, Lord. I fear no evil. Why? Because your presence is available to me, especially in the valley. Number two, the second one, is vision. Say vision with me. Vision is a picture of the future. It's a picture of the preferred future. It's a picture of ultimately what God has for us. Here's what the Bible says. Without vision, the people perish. Is it meaning that if they can't see, they're going to die? No, it means that if they don't get in line with the vision of what God has for them, if they don't have a sense of where God's leading, they're going to stumble all over the place. 
How many of you know that? Man, before I knew God, I was stumbling through life. But whenever I could see what God would want me to see, when my eyes become open to who he is and what he has for me, it changes everything. You know, I believe that there are many voices in our lives. There's many things that are trying to paint a picture. You know, the King Benadad, whenever he sent word, every time he sent word to the king, he painted a picture of what he was going to do. I'm not only going to destroy your land, I'm going I'm to literally make you dust. That's what he says at one point. And they're going to have to scoop you up out of the ground. That's what your cities are going to be like. He's painting a picture of what the future would be for them. And I want you to know that there is a battle for your future. There's a battle for every single one of us in the room that there are plans to prosper you that the Lord has and there are plans to harm you and to divide you and to destroy you. And that's what the enemy comes to do, to kill, steal, and destroy. There's a picture of the future of what your life could be. And there's one that's led by God and there's one that isn't. And if we follow that, it's going to paint a picture of what the future could be. And in seasons like this, in valleys... The enemy wants to come and he wants to paint all kinds of pictures about what could be. You're not going to have a job. You're going to be homeless. You're going to have this. You're going to be that. Your kids are going to be this way. Whatever it is, they're all pictures of a future that God does not have but someone else wants to have for your life. But with vision, there's life. Amen? And so what happens whenever God's word comes, the Lord paints a new picture for them. He says, this is what they're saying. This is what they're trying to show you. This is what's really going to happen. I'm going to give you complete victory. I'm going to lead you through this. Although you're outnumbered on every side, you will be victorious. And guess what? They came up against them, and that 7,000 or, or so people defeated over 100,000 of them and sent the enemy fleeing. Whenever you get in line with the plan and the purpose God has for your life, the enemy begins to flee. He's threatened by it, but it can't, the plans of God can't overcome any other plan that the enemy would want to have in your life. God's plans are greater. His way is greater. Through the prophet Jeremiah, he declares, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. I want you to know what we're walking through today. In the scheme of eternity, it's a small, small moment. In the scheme of the plans God has for your life, this is not the end. Amen? This is just a moment. This is just a momentary time. But God can bring victory even in this moment. This could be the turning point for somebody here today. We have to see it the way God wants us to see it, and he brings vision. Finally, the third word is voice. Say voice. Jesus says, my sheep know my voice. What's so needed, if we want to have victory in the valley, is we need to spend time. We, have to, we need to have visitation. We need to be with the Lord. We need to see the way he wants us to see. We need to get the vision, the plan from him, not our plan. Some of us, we want the school's plan. What are you going to do with my kids? We want our jo job plan. When, what's, what's that going to look like? But I want you to know, put all those plans aside. Let the first plan you want to get in line with be God's plan. To see what he has for you, what he desires to do with your life. But then we need to learn to be a people that hear his voice. There are so many voices that are calling out to us. And I want you to know, when you're in the valley, when you're isolated, when you're going through a season like this, when you're sheltering in place, there could be a lot of voices going on in your own mind, a lot of things calling out to you, a lot of things discouraging you, a lot of things trying to pull away at your hope. But I want you to know in the midst of all that, if you'll learn to lean in and hear the still, small voice of God, he can speak life right into you. He can lead you forward. He can show you what you really need to know. Here's what he says and promises in Jeremiah 33.3. What an amazing verse to tuck away into our hearts. He says, call to me and I will answer you. 
and I will tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. The goal here isn't to know everything. We are never going to be all-knowing. Don't you wish you were all-knowing in a season like this? The goal isn't to be all-knowing, but my goal in my life is I want to walk with the one who's all-knowing. I want to have a relationship with the one who's all-knowing. I want to talk with him. I want to be near to his heart so that at the moment he desires for me to know what he knows, unsearchable things that I don't know, that I'm listening to his voice. Amen? So that's the goal. That's what the, the goal is. Visitation, vision, his voice. You know, I want to turn to a passage of scripture where this all comes together. And it's a, it's a verse, it's a passage, it's a very prophetic passage of scripture. And I believe God paints this picture even for us today. If the worship team will come and get ready, we're going to read this. I want you to do this with me. You can, if you want to open there, you can, Ezekiel chapter 37. But I've invited um, last service, those that were listening to this to just maybe even close their eyes and just lean in and just really listen to what God's word is saying and what the spirit of God will want you to know today. So come on, either turn to that in your word if you want to reflect on it or just close your eyes and just bow your heads with me. Thank you, Lord Jesus. This is what the Lord showed Ezekiel. He gave him vision. All three of these things happen in this moment. This is at a very low point in children of Israel's time when they're in captivity, when they're stuck. Ezekiel 37. It says, Then the hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord, and he set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. And he asked me, Son of man, can these bones live again. I said, Sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. So this is what the Sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. This is Ezekiel saying this. And as I was prophesying, I heard a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together, bone to bone. And I looked, and tendons and flesh appeared all over them, and skin began to cover them, and there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say, this is what the Sovereign Lord says. Come breath from the four winds and breathe into these slain that they may live again. So I prophesied as I, he commanded me and breath entered them and they became alive and stood to their feet as a vast army. What a picture. God gives one of his greatest visions of the future he has for his people and he chooses a valley to show it. He chooses a valley, a place of difficulty, a place of pause, a place of captivity, a, a low point to give one of the most beautiful revelations of what his plans are for his people. And here's what he says in verse 11. He says to me, son of man, these bones are the people of Israel. They say our bones are dried up and our hope is gone. We are cut off. And God needs to show 
that in the most desolate, difficult, impossible circumstances, in the lowest valleys, he is still God. He's not just God of the high places, the highways, the byways, the good places. He's God of the valley. And he can speak into a valley full of of dry bones, a graveyard valley, and he can bring it to life and make it an army. He can turn it from from a valley to a place of victory. What does an army represent? Victory. It represents the authority, the power of God to overcome any obstacle. And he says in this moment, in this time, I need my people to know that they're not alone in the valley. The one who gives life and gives breath by the power of my spirit is here. And this is not the end of the journey. Somebody needs to hear this today because the valley you find yourself in is frustrating, is difficult, is is causing you to despair. But the Lord needs you to know the same way that there might feel like there are dry bones everywhere, but he's bringing life and breath and power and he's raising up an army. He's raising up victory in the valley. Do you see it? Do you hear him? Will you lean into him to experience it? Amen. Come on, would you stand to your feet with me today? Close your eyes and just lift your hands before the Lord. Lord, we thank you that just as Pastor Rick prayed before this message, Lord, there's victory in this place right now, Lord God. The victory of the God who goes before us, the God who will never forsake us and will never leave us, Lord God. The one who continues to make a way where there is no way. The one who can divide the seas, Lord God. The one who can provide manna from heaven. The God who can give victory after victory, Lord God, not because of our power, but because of your Spirit's power. I pray today for somebody, Lord God, who's viewing the valley in front of them, and they feel hopeless. They feel that their bones are dried up, and they don't know where to go and what to do. They don't have any strength left in them. Breathe afresh on them today, Lord God. We pray, Spirit of God, fall in their life, in their home, in their family, right where they are today that they will live again, Lord God, that they'll be revived and refreshed and restored. Lord, I pray you bring vision in Jesus' name. I pray your voice will become louder and louder in their lives. I pray, Lord God, they'll have moments of visitation in your presence, Lord God, that would transform them forever. Lord, we call out to you today. It all begins in that place. The Lord says, call to me and I'll answer. So come on, right where you're at as your hands are before the Lord and you're just spending this moment focusing on him, call out to the Lord. Is there something you need today? Do you need fresh strength? Do you need fresh grace? Do you you need to be encouraged today? Do you need to be lifted out of a valley? Wherever it is, know that the Lord is near to you today. Draw from his presence right now in this moment. We thank you, Lord God. Some of you are in the lowest valley because you don't have a relationship with the Lord. You feel utterly hopeless. And as others are praying, I want you to listen to me right now. If you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus, it's easy to feel hopeless. That's what it was like in my life for so long. I didn't know him. I knew about him, but I didn't have a real relationship. The Bible says that we don't get right with God. We don't get to this place. We don't get out of the valley by our own strength. We don't get out of it by our own good works. It's not about cleaning up our lives and trying to become acceptable to God. The way we draw near to him is we call out to him. We confess our wrong, our sin. We turn away from it and we turn towards him. When we turn towards the Lord and call upon his name, we're saved, the Bible says. He will rescue us. He will forgive us. He will redeem our lives from the pit. And he'll lift us up and set us in a new way. And today, if you're here within the sound of my voice, 
and you, you're not right with God, you don't have that personal relationship, you've never asked him to forgive you of your sins, you've never turned your life towards him and made a, a commitment of yourself to follow him. No looking back, no turning back. But you're ready to do that. If you're here, you're watching online, you're in person, I just think today is the best day for you to be lifted from wherever it is you find yourself and be right with God. So I'm going to invite you to pray this prayer with me from the bottom of your heart if that's you. Just repeat these words. If you're ready, you know you're distant. You know you're far from God. You know you're not where you should be, but you're ready to make a decision to follow him. Come on, pray this prayer from the bottom of your heart. Dear Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart, into my life. You see everything, Lord. You know that I've sinned, that I've done what's wrong. But today, I turn away from it. I confess it to you. I lay it at your feet. I ask for your forgiveness, Lord. I believe that you died on the cross and that you rose again to give me a brand new life. And today I commit to follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Lord, I pray for those today that made that decision. What rejoicing there is in heaven today over that decision. And Lord, I pray you'd lead them, you'd guide them, you'd walk with them through every hill and every valley. Lead them into the life you have for them. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, would you praise God with me for those that made that decision? I want to pray for us all today just about this message God's put before us. But before I do, I want to let you know if you made that decision to follow Jesus, you are just beginning a relationship with him. Before you leave today, there's two tables with black cloths in the back. And there's a book there called Following Jesus. It's about how to begin a relationship with God. And if you said that prayer today and you're ready, we want you to stop back. And, and now there's someone at one of those tables that will meet with you, give you that card and book, and would love to just bless you with that today. It's our gift to you. For all of us that are here, I want to just pray God's blessing over you today. My prayer is that this message helped you to equip you to be able to walk through the valleys. How many of you know that this valley will not last forever? That God is a God of victory. That he's preparing a greater way as we move forward. Come on, let me pray God's blessing on you as we get ready to close out our time together. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you're worthy of our praise today, Lord God. That you're with us in the high places and in the valleys. We declare today you're God of it all, Lord God of everything. All creation is yours, Lord God. Every circumstance and trial we walk through, we give to you, Lord God. Remind us of your presence as we worship you. In your name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless. The worship team's going to go into a final song. If you need to go, you're free. But if not, you could lean in and worship as we respond to him.